Paceline is a production of the Cycling Independent with the support of listeners like you and the master bike builders at Seven Cycles. We are community supported, community focused, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. At the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Emlin Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Uh, dude, that was fun last week, huh? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> the Gathering of the Tribes. Yeah. Not sure why you needed to pause on that, but okay. well for me it entails flying across the country sweating an awful lot sleeping very little flying back and then trying to like burrow my way back into my life yeah yeah no i'm i'm with you on that um and then there was the fact that on day two of the maid show uh hi everybody we're referring to uh the maid show that just happened in portland this past weekend um day two of the show I woke up in the morning and my feet felt like they had a- after I had been at Interbike for four days. I was amazed at how much my feet hurt. Yes. Well, the f- the the venue was ch- charmingly rustic <laughs> and the floor was uh, I didn't realize I listened to a, an amazing uh, podcast once that detailed um, sort of the state-of-the-art technology in athletic fields mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they have a me- they have measures of how hard and soft they are right i think i think they measure them in gravities i, I could be completely misremembering that um this is a long way of saying the floor in that place was hard <laughs> Right. Very hard. Professional football players who are much tougher people than you and I um, are not allowed to play on a surface like that. No, that's correct. That's correct. Um, It would have been I mean, it would have been helpful if just the whole floor had been that finished concrete sort of thing as as opposed to um, chipped and divoted. And uh, well, I mean, I felt like I was in the backwoods at times. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. As I said, charmingly rustic. I would love to know the history of that building. I mean, it looked like it was, uh, it probably made great things uh, one day way in the past. Uh, what someone said to me was that it, this is the Z- Zydell Yards. Yes. Uh, on the Wilmette River. Um, someone told me that it was long and open on both ends like that because they would bring boats in directly off the river to work on them. Mm-hmm. And then put them back out. <clears throat> uh, a, a, a remarkable thing. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it seems like we're already into it. Why don't you just jump in with your pull? <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, well, we're both just back from the Made Bike Show. Uh, 2023's answer to the old NABS or mm-hmm. North American Handmade Bike Show. Quite how we got to the acronym or, or the... How how we got to calling that former show NABS doesn't feel I feel like 
as a word person, I could have come up with a better acronym for them. But now we're at MADE. MADE was in Portland, uh, which seemed like a good first choice, actually, since so many of the builders and exhibitors could just drive to the event. <laughs> Not a bad thing, yeah. 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 Uh, two things struck me about this show. Uh, beyond the quite literal shed load of amazing bikes. <laughs> uh, and those two things were that, one, everyone seemed just a little friendlier. Which might just be about being happy that we're all together again and might also have to do with the fact that the badges didn't have people's name or affiliation on them, which meant you actually were making eye contact with people instead of trying to like read their their status from <laughs> a thing uh, dangling around their, their midsection. <laughs> Did you notice this? Uh, uh, no, no, I didn't. But, you know, my head was focused on other things. Fair enough. The other thing I noticed that there was a current of honesty in the air that was, I found, quite refreshing. <clears throat> Folks seemed willing, even eager to talk about their challenges instead of glossing over them and painting an overly rosy picture. I think in past seasons, if you went to any show where competing companies or builders would be they would tell you everything's great we're excited about x y and z and this year i got a lot more just candid takes on the struggles of trying to make their way in the world today that's that's nice to hear i mean i certainly experienced some of that um yeah i <clears throat> i would have to say that my overall impression yeah was a um <clears throat> i don't want to say more honesty but i would say more transparency yeah, you and I were standing together and received uh, a truth bomb from someone at a, one of the larger companies represented there. Um, we'll, maybe we'll get to that stuff later. I don't want this to be about, you know, <laughs> dishing people's corporate dirt. But I, I just found some of the messaging that I received from folks uh, was, very, as you say, very transparent. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Spinless. Yeah. Um, also, um, a greater sense of hmm, how how to say it. Uh, it people were uh, less. God, I don't. I don't want to say delusional. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to say delusional now that it's come out of my mouth twice. But you know, there's always been a, a certain, you know rose lensed fantasy element of, Oh, I'm going to start making bikes and you know, I'll have this nice middle-class life while I do this great artisanal thing. And it just doesn't work out that way for most people. Uh, and I think there are reasons for that, um, that have a lot to do with our current economic structure and mm, absolutely, uh, <sighs> Absolutely nothing to do with whether or not these people deserve to make a living doing that. That seems that seems fair and measured. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's hard to be a custom bike builder. Uh, it's expensive to get yourself set up with the tooling. Uh, and then you have to fail a bunch before you're producing bikes that are even worthy of a show like this. Uh, you have to be a frame builder and absolutely dedicated to that craft, but also a business person, a marketer, a salesperson. 
And frankly, a lot of really talented builders will fall straight out of the game because they're bad at selling themselves and what they do. But, uh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I know some writers like that, too. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, moving right along. Moving right along. For those who've never been to a handmade bike show, and it's worth saying that just about every bike is handmade, really, not just the ones at this show. Oh, that was something that always bothered me so much at NABs. People would talk like, you know, specialized bikes came out of an injection mold or something. Right. Yes, they're all handmade. These ones uh, are custom. Let's say that. They're not mm -hmm. pre-designed. They're not batched. They're, they're one at a time. They're custom bikes. And you might suspect, as a result, that it's all a bit precious. And in <laughs> some cases, you will find bikes that are just too fancy for me to take seriously anyway. But mostly what I see is a lot of mad science and a lot of deeply romantic takes on what might make a bike great. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see a lot of sense of humor, which you don't see in the broader market, probably. A whimsy is a lovely thing. Whi whimsy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a special kind of person who gets into this trade. They're, they're curious. They're good with their hands. They're passionate about the bike as a toy and as a machine. Um, they're the sort of person who has the confidence to figure out difficult geometric material and execution challenges mm -hmm. like every day and who's driven to keep at it when the setbacks come thick and fast. And they do. Also, there's no faking it. <laughs> the quality of a weld is visually clear, right? Yeah. The quality of a finish is obvious. There aren't really tricks. So everyone there has earned their stripes, really. Mm -hmm. um, so given the difficulty of selling bikes this season and, and the expenses uh, of going to a big show, I was surprised at how well attended Made was. I was happily surprised. And I think the show went pretty well, especially for a first edition. Mm -hmm. Yes. The the venue, the Zydel Yards, or Zidel, I don't know, Zidel, Zydel. I heard people say Zydel. Zydel Yards. It's basically an old boat building warehouse along the, the river there. It was a bit dark inside. So yeah. builders who brought dark colored bikes were a bit disappointed with how they showed. Uh, the, the note to themselves for next time was definitely get the electricity uh, <laughs> delivered to their booth so they could bring lights. Uh, it was also pretty hot in there, and you could imagine if the weather had been inclement in some way, it could have been challenging. Um, and of course, everyone's going to wait to see what, what sort of press they get from the show, what bikes they'll sell. But I'd say it was a, a solid first effort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that um, the, the organization that the organization that organized it, uh, Echoes Communications that, that put it together. Um, I know they promised people a lot and they said yes to everybody for everything. And I, I'm, I know they didn't get to it all, but I think they, the volunteers were really good. Um, I think it just went well for a first party. Mm -hmm. I'd say it went well. You know, I know. Hmm? Go, ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know you've got your own take and I'm anxious to hear that, but... <laughs> Uh, did anything I observed here not jibe with your experience? And also, and I realize this is a big question. Why do we think our listeners should be interested in this niche of the industry? Well, this, you know, I, I looked at your notes uh, earlier today. And when oh. I saw that question, I thought, 
Oh, that's a whole pull right there. So we're right. going to circle back to whether or not our listeners should uh, give a, a flying frog about that. Um, but uh, to answer your earlier question, no, you, you know, you have a strong grasp of reality, sir. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, uh, Billy, uh, <clears throat> Billy Sinkford, uh, one of the principals at Echoes, you know, he took a long position on builders a long, long time ago. Um, he's the only, he's one of the partners in Echoes, which is the only PR agency that actually deals with any builders. Uh, nobody else will spend that kind of money. And, you know, these aren't like generally, you know, individuals. It's people who formed a real company like Mosaic. <clears throat> uh, and yes, Billy promised a whole lot. And uh, judging from his statement about we were we are going to have more than 200 builders there. He didn't hit all of his marks. Um, but you have to be a real prick to criticize him for that. Uh you know, we all looked at Don Walker with nabs as being like the guy who bothered to step up. Um, you know, there hasn't been anything for a couple of years, uh, pandemic aside. Um, Billy stepped up. Uh, yeah. he, he made an event. And uh, I think the I think the real test is if people hang out and have conversations because the conversation is the beginning of a relationship. And fundamentally, anytime you buy um, a bike that is made for you, specifically for you, um, it, that begins with a conversation. You know, the conversation begins building the relationship. And he delivered an event uh, along with some, you know, some terrific volunteers. I saw a number of uh, faces I knew from NABs uh, wearing volunteer shirts. Um, and, uh, an industry veteran from originally from, uh, very near you, Steve Elms, uh, a former, uh, shareholder and worker of, uh, independent fabrication. He was, uh, the man on the, the boots on the ground, so to speak, in terms of putting all the details together. Um, you know, I, I recall somebody actually had photo lights in their booth so that you could see their bikes. And that was a good move. And truly, if you're going to criticize anything, yeah, a little bit more light. Had it been raining, that might have been a different point of criticism. Um, uh, maybe a second one, because lights and uh, something dry. Um, so maybe everybody would would have needed uh, an easy up. A lot of people did bring them anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, I saw... A whole lot of builders I have never seen before in my life. And that was remarkable to me. Um, there's just, there's so much creativity out there. It's, it, it's kind of astounding. Yeah. As someone who's worked with several of the companies represented there, um, there or thereabouts, you know, either at NABs or I would just say in this audience, it's good to see that people are still coming into the, you know, still filing into the party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people ask me this week, like, how was the show? Was it great? Was it this? And I think it was great, but I think it was great. I, I won't I wouldn't be able to if I were a bike builder, 
I don't know how I would feel. And I don't mean that in a positive or negative way. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how I would feel. Um, but as a person who, who works in that corner <laughs> of the party, um, I think it was great as a, a way for us to get together, to feel together, mm -hmm. um, to celebrate each other. Uh, it's just, you know, I just had a good time hugging friends and, and that was it. Yeah. Rekin rekindling relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, I saw friends from, you know, f from Portland, obviously, from Japan, from Washington, from California, um, you know, people I knew from all over. <clears throat> One concern I have for the show. So I know that Billy's original intention was uh, simply to give the builders space. They would get a 10 by 10 spot for free. Uh, they ended up having to pay 200 bucks. Um, and uh, the big reason for that, uh, from what I can infer based on my conversations with Billy, is that, you know, the big players, the Shimanos, the Campagnolos, the SRAMs didn't step up and buy, you know, a 20 by 20 or whatever. Um, and so... I know that those the fees for those spots were going to subsidize the space for all the uh, all the little guys, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, since you were there on behalf of Chris King, what's your sense of King's take on it? Because if if they were pleased with it, that's going to make it easier to sell to Shimano next year. <laughs> I think they were pleased with it. I think they were pleased with it. I think um, Echoes listened a lot and they tried to deliver a lot to everyone who was showing up for the show. There was a big party at King the first night that we yeah. both attended. Uh, they expected 200 people at King and there were probably 500 people at King. Um, so in that sense of like uh, gathering all the all the many peoples and bringing them together, I don't think you could complain. I don't think you could. Yeah, you know, you got to be a it, jerk. <laughs> the only way you can do that is is to willfully be a jerk. It was I a fun event. You, I think if you showed up looking for a good time, there was a good time to be had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there were group rides that went out from the show. There was there were parties, multiple places, multiple nights. Yep. And Portland, you know, great food, great coffee. Make all the jokes you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is one of the better cities in the U.S. There's just no doubt. Yeah. The funny thing for me is I've been to Portland, I don't know, a half dozen times now. Um, mm -hmm. Most of my visits have been fairly short. Um, the longest has been, I don't know, three days. I have this patchwork sense of the city. None of the places that I know are related to any of the other places I've previously been. Uh, so this is a, you know, I've got like five pieces of a quilt that haven't been sewn together yet. Well, you got to work on that. I Well, you know, and Portland's cool enough <laughs> that it's worth working on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have enough good friends there. I've spent enough time there uh, that. Uh, they've shown me around. I, I have a good, pretty good sense for it. And it is a great city. It's, it's having its challenges for sure. And I think we could all see that as we moved around town, 
but still a great place. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you know, to my eye, going to an event like that, um, it says an awful lot about the builders. Um, you know, the ones who are really trying to make a business of it, you know, maybe they don't answer the, or answer the phone when you call, maybe they have to call you back because they had a welding torch in their hand. Uh, but I, there's a real effort to be professional. You couldn't display there without, uh, giving proof of insurance to Billy. Mm. You know, that's, that's a strong thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, liability insurance, uh, is a pretty minimal threshold, uh, to being a frame builder. <laughs> yeah. But you know, to, to my point earlier, that's another expense. You need it. And it's another expense. Mm-hmm. And frame building jobs don't typically come with, uh, health insurance. Uh, nope. None of the ones I hear of. Yeah. 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 So already let's take a break and we will come back in just a minute with more talk about made. Do you love high quality bike lights and bike pumps and tire inflators and baskets and bags and cargo racks and fenders and various other essentials any normal person needs to get through life by bike? Of course you do. Probably preaching to the choir here, you're likely up to speed on Portland Design Works. This podcast is actually sponsored by them, makers of high quality fenders, cages, lights, and all the other stuff I just mentioned, plus some. Use code REVOLTING15 for 15% off your first PDW order. My two favorite items that they make are the Cargo Web, which keeps all my stuff intact, safe and sound in my basket, and the 3 wrencho, which is an offset 15mm coated wrench with a tire lever on the end. The attentive among us might remember the infamous Dan Cheever eating peanut butter with his in an old video spot they did several years ago. Portland Design Works, they're the best. Remember, use code REVOLTING15 for 15% off your first PDW order. I'm not the boss of you. You are, but you know what's right. Portland Design Works. Beautiful, simple gear for everyday cycling. This month, we're sponsored by our good friends at Seven Cycles, who've been in the vanguard of American custom frame building for more than a quarter century. When you work with Seven on a bike, you get real input into the design. They offer more tube set options than any other builder. They offer more ways to customize your bike. The process is deep, but it's also fun, and the result is a bike you'll love riding for a lifetime. We've secured a few places in their busy build queue for Paceline listeners, which means you can get a fully custom dream bike from Seven in just three weeks from submitting your measurements. This is the fastest route to the very best bike you're ever going to own. Also, just for us, they're doing what they call the Centennial Build. That means that your designer, bike builder, welder, and finisher will have more than 100 years combined bike building experience. That's a lot. To find out more, just head to 7cycles.com forward slash TCI. Okay, we're back with the pace line and our conversation about the Made Bike Show in Portland. What have you got for us? Well... Yeah, so I'm going to devote my entire pull to your question, why? Why should anyone care about a custom frame? Uh, The first thing I'm going to say may surprise you and or our listeners. Um, Honestly, there's no need to care. 
One of my biggest urges at this point in life isn't to convert people to cycling. It's to convert people into seeking what works for them. I was talking to someone the other day as I was packing my number 22 to go home, um, and she spoke of her love of hiking and her fear of mountain bikes. And I did my best to say, so you don't need to ride. Uh, we all find the thing that works for us. And, you know, that really only happens if we take the time to look. Uh, and that's that's what I believe in. I want to see people mm -hmm. out there uh, in the world enjoying themselves in some fashion. Uh, if riding a bike doesn't float your boat, don't ride a bike. Um, but, you know, uh, there are lots of us, fortunately, who. Uh, for whom cycling does work. But even within our population, you know, there are lots of people for whom the bike is just a tool. It's a contraption. Um, it's no repository of desire. Uh, it's not an expression of freedom or practical art. It's just a thing. And that's fine. Uh, there's no need for those folks to change either. I don't want anyone asking themselves what's wrong with them if they don't get excited about a fancy bike. Right. Uh, but uh, fortunately for my life, there are people like you and me who look at a bike and see all sorts of effort and passion. Um, and to me, the custom bike is, you know, for the, for those of us who get excited about Sam, you know, a custom bike is a way to validate what cycling means to us. It says something about the intimacy of what cycling can be for someone. Um, I mean, it's some of my most valuable time that I spend by myself. Uh, here's the other thing. Dipping a toe in the custom bike world waters is a chance to meet a great many like-minded people. So a show like Made is a chance to meet people who form a tribe that might be a fit for you. Uh, I mean, that entire show, I went from one great conversation to another. Uh, there were times when I forgot to take photos because I'd been so focused on the conversation with the builder. Right. Ugh. That's um, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yep. Um, you know, I, I respect that many people see an expensive handmade frame and they think stuff, you know, like it's just another expression of consumerism, a way to spend money to feel better about themselves. And that's not what I see at all. You know, you lease an expensive car and I see stuff, okay? But a custom bike is an investment in experiences. A great bike is a repository of great rides, exceptional days, time spent with friends. Fundamentally, I see the purchase of a custom frame as an investment in oneself. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to me, you know, figuring out how to afford a bike, it, um, it's an easily justified exercise. Sure. Uh, and, you know, all this that I've brought up so far leaves out the fun of meeting different builders, getting to know them a bit uh, and then selecting one of them and building a relationship as you go through the ordering process. Uh, most of the builders I know and I'm hoping you concur on this, they're total sweethearts. They tend to lead with their hearts. They aren't great business people, but they are great at taking someone's dream and making it rideable. I once had a, con I once had a conversation with a builder who said 
he really didn't like being someone's first custom order. He wanted the rider who had already ordered one or two custom bikes, who would engage in a conversation like, you know, I had this Eddie Merckx that descended so well, but I need a shorter top tube these days and I'm heavier, so it probably needs to be stiffer. That sort of thing. They want to get to know you as a rider. And that piece of the experience, having a builder get to know what you want out of your bike and how you ride, what you want out of a riding experience. Well, that's a really powerful kind of validation. To me, it enriches the experience of cycling. But it's not for everyone. (laughs) It's not for everyone. I like everything that you said, and I am subsequently going to quibble with it because that's what we do here. (laughs) Well, yeah, if we if we completely agree, there's not much discussion. No, no, no. So here's my here's my quibble. Okay, everyone listening right now whose ears are receiving my words, they are already bike people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so as bike people. I view uh, a custom bike as an investment in their future cycling. And what they're doing, and we've talked a bunch about consumerism and we've talked about, you know, what makes sense. We, 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 we trumpet the cause of durability and sustainability here. And so what I see the custom bike being or custom bikes being generally is a way out of the revolving door Mm -hmm. of not being concerned with what next year's model is going to give me that this year's model doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's me taking my experience in cycling. And look, if you've ridden bikes enough to want to put a cycling podcast in your life, you've done enough to know I like this. I don't like that. (laughs) And so I think you should care about these people because they can give you that stuff without um, without you having to reengage the process again next season and the season after and the season after. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I know who owns a custom bike, that is their bike. That's their go to bike. Or maybe they own a few, but they you know, they're like. This is my tool for doing this thing that I love. And I love the tool as well. I love it so much that when it's three years old, I wouldn't think of putting it on Craigslist. When it's five years old, I wouldn't think of putting it on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, why you should care about this, uh, these people is that they would give you an off ramp from the parts of the bike industry, the mania of constant consumption. Yeah, uh, it stops asking the question, is it stiff enough? Is it this enough? Is it that enough? Right. Uh, Yeah. Um, I mean, I walk up to my Danucci and I look down at the lugs and I think about those photos that Mark sent me as he was working on it and um, how it gave me butterflies. Yeah. It was just absolutely magic. It's the difference between having a bike and having your bike. Uh-huh. Yeah. But perfectly said. Perfectly yeah. said. Uh, we were quibbling about something? No, nah, we weren't really quibbling. Oh, okay. We were oh. just agreeing harder. 
<laughs> I agree so hard with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, one, one of the conversations that I got into with uh, a number of the newer builders, um, uh, you know, usually at some point it would come out that, uh, yeah, I've been writing about custom builders for a long time. And yeah, I was chief judge at NABS and whatever. But I would talk to them about the process of engaging someone and getting that conversation going with someone who could turn out to be a buyer. And there's a story that I love telling them from when I was at Bicycle Guide back in the 1990s. One day we got a phone call. Someone somehow had managed to find uh, Peterson Publishing's main number called, you know, got the switchboard with, you know, whoever Irma, you know, plug in the little quarter inch jacks in, right. um, and you know, bicycle guide. Yes. Hold line one. Uh, and got one of our editorial assistants who stands up and says, who wants to talk to one of our readers? And my two coworkers, Joe Lindsay and Brian Melissa looked at me, turned 180 degrees and walked away. Uh, <laughs> Now, let's just do a little recap here. I am uh, an avowed and slightly proud introvert. Um, I like to be left alone. But I thought, you know, heck, somebody went to this much trouble to call us. Uh, you know, let's talk to him. And so I get this guy on the phone and he says, OK, I'm going to buy my first custom bike and I've narrowed it down. And I've decided that I'm either going to buy a Richard Sachs or Peter Weigel. And for those who don't know those names as well as some of us, they've both been building since the 1970s. They learned in the same frame shop, you know, on, on two sides of the same stand, you know, 1974. Uh, they are two of the absolute greats, but they are fundamentally different builders. Um, I started laughing. And the more I thought about it, the harder I laughed. And... He got nervous. I was having trouble catching my breath, so I couldn't really talk because it just it was the absolute height of absurdity as problems go. Talk about first world problems. Um, yeah. This is like zero world problem. And he's like, oh, did I should is one of those guys not the guy? Should I? Oh, is there somebody I've missed? Oh, oh, um, I was like, no, you know, finally, I caught my breath. And I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, don't worry. You can't screw this up. That's right. not a thing. Uh, you can't mess this up at all. Uh, and he's, you know, oh, oh, okay. Um, and he starts telling me about his life. He lives, I believe it was in Philadelphia. His mom lived in New Haven. New Haven's like a half hour drive from where both those guys live. And I said, look, take a weekend. Go see your mom. You'll score points. That's a good thing. You know, good, dutiful son. Go see your mom. While you're there schedule a lunch, ask to take those two guys out to lunch, buy them lunch. You're going to have the most wonderful conversation for an hour or two. This will be a conversation, a lunch that you will remember for the rest of your life, you know, but at the end of the lunch, you're going to think, oh, that's the guy. One of them, you're just going to hit it off with one of them more than the other. They're different enough that I was pretty confident about that. Just, right. you know, and whoever it is, you're like, yes, that dude, you're going to buy your bike from him and you're going to have a great time. Um, and I said that, you know, that's all you need, uh, you know, as a builder, 
that's what makes those events so great. Just talk to somebody. Mm. Um, and you know, even the people I have no intention of buying a bike from ever, uh, I have often walked out of, of their tiny little space thinking, God, if only I was clearing, you know, $500,000 a year, I could, you know, I, I would be a, a patron of the arts, but of frame building arts. There was one bike at the show that I did think hard about oh. plonking some money down for. Oh, do tell. Well, it's uh, made. Uh, uh, there's a woman I know, uh, B, who worked all at seven and she worked at Simple Bikes and she's got her own bikes now. And she had what she calls a clunker. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I showed it to you. The speed holes with the speed holes in it. And that bike made me very excited. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll offer her some money for it. You could do worse things. Uh, I'm so glad you introduced me to her. You know, when I think of all the conversations I had with builders uh, over the days I was there, that was one of the high points because it was, you know, she's obviously still new to this. You know, she doesn't have a ton of experience in terms of, you know, the business of selling custom bikes and whatnot, but she's got serious chops so she can make a go of it from that standpoint. But it was just so wonderful to look at her work and say, you know, I've seen a lot of bare frames. You're doing the work. You've got the chops. Well, that's the thing. Uh, There were a lot of fancy bikes at that show. A lot of really cool bikes. Uh, You know, I, I, I would, I'd love to have any of them, but that bike was bare it was mm-hmm. just stripped back. It was like all bike. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the bike was all bike. Yeah. And it looked like a hell of a lot of fun to ride. Well, it, you know, and it just spoke to, you know, she's got an aesthetic. She's got um, the heart of an artist. Mm. Um, and Cre- she has a creative writing degree. Oh, you held out on me. I Well, yeah. I know I'd probably still be standing there talking to her. Um, yeah. You can so. see that bike. I wrote a piece uh, for the site uh, Monday uh, about the show, and it's the it's the the banner. It's the top. It's the featured image. So <laughs> go see the bike. You can read about her and click through and find her. Yeah, I, and to me, she's emblematic of why you go to Maid. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it's such a lovely, lovely experience. Um, yeah. And as long as there are events like that happening. I will make every effort I can to be there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I often joked with, uh, the builders, you know, it's like, you're my peeps. Uh, I don't, I'm no good at working in metal. I work in verbs, but I get what you're about. Well, I was, I said that to someone also, uh, they said, how was the show? And I said, well, you know, in my previous lives, uh, in software and in publishing, I attended shows, trade shows, and they were just hell on earth. It's a lot of people, it's a lot of people standing around in polo shirts, eager to talk to you about something you have no interest in. It's the swag is terrible. It's just terrible on all the levels. And then you go to a bike show and you're like, no, no, this is everyone is chill. Everyone looks like how they look instead of trying to look like a drone. Uh, yeah, it's my people. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I've I've been to some trade shows that were not bike oriented, and uh, the only thing I had to look forward to the entire time I was there was what glass of wine I would have with dinner because mm. everything else about it was just dreadful. Yeah. And hearing people talking about who they were intending to hook up with uh, later on, people who had, you know, little gold jewelry on their left hand, <laughs> leave me out of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. I think that's a good point. To, to that's a good to jumping off or jumping yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some baseline picks. What are you picking? This week, I'm picking the Chrome Citizen Messenger Bag, one of which I've owned for a long, long time. Uh, in fact, I'm picking it because it has been through absolute hell in my possession, and it is still going strong. I pulled it out for this trip to the maid show, uh, and I didn't end up taking it because I ended up taking a smaller bag. Uh, but I, I was holding it in my hand, and I was like... I was just marveling at its resilience and all of the things that it has done for me mm -hmm. um, over, I don't know how many years. Uh, so the, the specifics, it's a 24 liter bag. It's made from a thick nylon outer and an inner tarp lining. Now, it's not tarp like you throw over your wood pile or a car that isn't running. It's it's like a. Tarp has a has a an industry connotation. Oh, but the point being that it, it is extremely water resistant. Uh, this bag, um, it, the combination of the two materials makes it really rugged. I commuted with mine for years and years. I've since moved to backpacks mainly instead of messenger bags, uh, because back issues. And that's, but that's really the point of my pick today is that I'm not trying to just pick the Chrome, the, uh, the Citizen Messenger, I'm also... They make an array of great backpacks, too. The Citizen is a lifetime bag at 150 bucks. It's actually on sale now for $112.50, which mm. is a screaming deal. But if you prefer a backpack, you could try their Barrage Cargo Pack, which has a similar capacity and is equally bomb-proof. Mm. That pack is 160 bucks, But you're going to have it for, I don't know, 15, 20 years? Um, mm -hmm. I'm usually skeptical of companies that have been through a number of ownership and management reconfigurations as Chrome has. Yep. Uh, but they continue to do what they do, uh, which is make great bags and also some great clothing, by the way, for cyclists. So you could do worse. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, they've got, you know, one of the best uh, testimonials going, which is that actual bike messengers buy their bags. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have a good style. Uh, you know, they're kind of industrial. They've got some industrial design elements going. They have like an actual seat belt buckle. You don't have to, to wrench the whole heavy bag over your head. You can just press the button and drop it off your back, which is it's a cool aesthetic feature and also a functional feature. Mm. The other thing I like about the uh, citizen is that it's one big pocket. It's not all subdivided. I know a lot of people love to all the little subdivisions in a pack. I don't mm -hmm. my, I, I, to me, this is a bucket that I'm putting on my back and I'm putting food <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It's all going in. I've got a backpack from uh, Jiro that they made when they were first doing their uh, new road line. Mm. And uh, 
they didn't make it for very long and it is easily the best backpack I have ever owned. Jennifer has one as well. Um, and we sometimes have to be careful about like whose backpack we're going into. It's like, well, there are no pens there. Uh, I like all the uh, organization. I need the organization. Otherwise, I will just lose all the little things. Mm. <sighs> yeah, that's I would... what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. That's how I do it. I just lose all the little things. <laughs> um, I would, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is I would give up, but I would give up something to be able to review that Jiro backpack because it is superior to everything else I've ever used. Mm. Um, I have exactly one knock against it. Yeah. Which is, um, the, the two pockets on the side aren't, aren't really cut in a way that makes them really, really solid, uh, water bottle holders. Right, right, right. They're not deep yeah. enough maybe, or they don't have enough. They're, they're a little too loose and they're not deep enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. other knock would be that they don't make it anymore. Oh, well, there's that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my pick this week is a gravel tire from American Classic, the Kimberlite. Uh, this is a tire that hues to my taste in tires intended for mixed surface riding. Uh, it begins with a center slick section, moves to a slight herringbone on either side of that, and then a relatively deep diamond file tread with some more modest knobs at the sides. Um Honestly, it looks like some city tires. Uh, my gravel rides almost always take in a healthy, if not too great chunk of asphalt. Uh, so I like having something that will roll quickly on the road. I hate that feeling of like, like you get in the Jeep where it's just. Don't like that. Um, and I've noticed that when the tire is wide enough, it doesn't really need all that much tread in most of the off-road circumstances where I'm riding. Um, this is, I have pushed that too far before, I will admit. Yeah. I, I, I once rode a 32-millimeter slick on a rather wet day, and on uh, an unpaved climb, I managed to slip the tire some. Mm. So I, I, I know where the, the line is. I have been there. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> so uh, the Kimberlite does give really terrific traction on hard pack and firm gravel. And uh, on less firm gravel, it breaks away gradually so that pushing it in turns isn't suicidal, at least not to the way I think. Mm -hmm. Other people are likely to d disagree on that. All right. Uh, it's also a remarkably supple tire for something that's tubeless. And that owes to its 120 thread per inch casing. Um, now, John, I have to confess that the marketing speak of most companies, uh, just causes my eyes to glaze over. So when I read stuff like stage five S armor construction and rubber force G tire count compound, yep. I, these days I don't even dig any deeper. Uh, what it tells me is that they're doing all they can to provide the best tire they can. And they're trying to put some fancy name on it so that it will appeal to people who need to be reassured that way. I'm I'm reviewing a product. You know, I don't care what you call it. Did the product work? Yes, this is a product that works no matter who the company is. Uh, you know, they're they're all pushing their factories uh, for the best that they can get. Um, and this one, I. Uh, 
first ride out. I just loved it. Um, it's a really quick tire. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I love cornering on it because the breakaway is very gradual. Um, I can push it pretty hard. I would say this is a tire that can go head to head with my all time fave gravel tire, the Donnelly sport USH, mm-hmm. which is a very similar design. Um, the Kimberlite comes in three different sidewall colors, black, tan, and brown. The brown looks pretty good if you aren't still in love with black sidewalls. And I think fundamentally, I do still prefer black sidewalls. Tan sidewalls? Just no. (laughs) That still makes me think of the cheap tires from my shop days. So I just can't with the tan. That was like, you know, the, the, the 1995, you know, 27 by one and a quarter. Oh, you know, uh, that you knew they were going to flat, you know, after four rides. <sighs> That's some uh, deep geekery though. Many people aren't, don't have PTSD from that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I would encourage you not to either. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, boys and girls don't work in a bike shop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Links yes. to the Kimberlite? Um, it comes in five sizes. All right. 700 by 35, 40, 45, and 50, as well as a 650B by 47. I'm riding the 40 uh, for me because that traditionally is kind of the sweet spot that I need between quick rolling and performance on rocks. Um, I'm running these on a very wide envy rim, and I got to say, they measure more like 45 millimeters on such a wide rim. Uh Here's the best part. The tire retails for $45. Yeah. Now, I was sent these by a PR guy, I know, because I hadn't been aware that uh, American Classic had jumped into tire construction instead of wheel stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I was purchasing gravel tires today, given that I'm trying to feed a teenager, I would buy these in a heartbeat. There will be a link in our show notes. Love it. Yeah. All righty, everybody. That's another wrap uh, on an episode of the pace line. Uh, Hey, we'd love it if you stopped by the cycling independent and put a comment in there, asked a question, uh, made a declaration, um, anything but a manifesto, I think. Right. I tell my wife all the time, all I need out of this life is a little love and a little encouragement. So, you know, if you've got any of that, scrape it together and, and drop it on us. Uh, and, and love and encouragement also comes in monetary forms, particularly our three, five and $10 options for subscriptions, uh, or the tip jar. If you just want to be an occasional visitor, (sighs) your dollars go directly to this podcast and our other productions like revolting, which John does with Steve Knievel. (sighs) We do need your help to keep doing what we do. Yes, we do. All righty. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.